1: For full, important safety information, visit juviderm.com. This is a Lip Media Podcast.
2: We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Welcome to The Gays Are Revolting, a definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can be. Give us a shout out on Instagram at Gazer
0: Pod, or join our Facebook group at The Gays are Revolting. And we've got our resident doctor George joining us in a few episodes. Send your questions relating to both mental and physical health via DM. And as I have just gotten back from Mardi Gras, I thought instead of doing reads this week, in the spirit of love and harmony, I'm going to say the nicest things I can about people and the, the things that I love about you the most. So first of all, I'll start by saying, unfortunately, Kyle's not here, but I would like to say that he's always here with an open mind and an open heart. And ready to learn about wonderful new things. Oh, um, you're so being we're serious. Very sad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm being nice. we are oh, joined lovely. by the lovely Mikey, who uh, is just the most loving person, and is so interested in every little detail in everybody's life. And Luke. Hi. <laughs> yeah. That's all I've got to say about you. How are you all? <laughs> I'm glad I got to read at least. Yeah, I don't like the mushy stuff. I missed you. I haven't I seen you for too. two weeks. Uh, it's been weird without you here. I know. I, I was up at Mardi Gras. I did three nights of granny bingo prior to Mardi Gras and then went to the parade, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, it looked incredible. From uh, the yes, I, I feel bad I <laughs> swamped your social medias <laughs> <laughs> and post, was posting off the gay's revolting account like crazy. No, I but it was it. absolutely fucking incredible. I got to very kind was invited by a friend of the podcast, Joel Creasy, who was hosting from the SBS booth, uh, which is right on Taylor Square, right in the center of the parade. So 300,000 people around us partying on the streets. And I got to meet Jake Shears and Xena nice. Warrior Princess oh, oh, yeah. and Courtney Act. And I was like meters away from Kylie Minogue oh. while he was interviewing her. And it was just like a truly memorable life experience. It was nice. absolutely incredible. And of course, Kyle was uh, Kyle's still there. Um, I was going to say, on. did we leave Kyle at Mardi Gras? Yeah, he's, he yeah. is alive. <laughs> (laughs) We got to hang out at the after party, which, again, was incredible. But I will say the whole week was amazing and Mardi Gras is incredible. But we talked a while ago about the crazy, like, drug laws and stuff that's happening Mm -hmm. in Sydney. And you definitely felt that, like, the whole week. There was such a police presence everywhere. The after party, there was so many sniffer dogs running around. Oh, my God. Um, They were, like, going up to everybody that was anywhere near the after, like, trying to get into Mm, the after party. Two friends of of mine got arrested. They had stuff inside them. They'd hidden them inside them and still got caught and arrested and stuff. It was crazy.
2: What about glitter dogs? No, did they, they weren't. They, they, they're still.
0: <laughs> Kyle was wearing glitter, but he said it was biodegradable, but that shit did not look biodegradable. Lies. It did <laughs> <lie>, am <as you laughs> sure. But I'm sure that he took like a sieve into the shower afterwards to wash it off and make sure yeah. he captured it all and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. <laughs> How have you been? What's been news? What's been happening? Oh, I got a new piercing. You got a new piercing? Yeah, Yeah, looking
3: lovely. So, I got my top lip pierced, which is cute. Got it done yesterday in my (laughs) mouth. Yes. And I woke up this morning with a giant lip and I was like, ooh, instant fillers. This is great. This is what I'll look like. And no, it looked ridiculous. I was like, I'm never getting fillers. There's no point. Kylie (laughs) Jenner.
2: Yeah, she's coming for your brand. (laughs) (laughs) And, Luke, has anything happened in your life? No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: Mundane as just, usual.
2: Just this. I am actually excited. Um, I'm sure you guys saw it on social media, but mm. uh, straight ally best mate JB has launched his first music video. Yes. For his album, oh, which yeah, I helped draw little pictures for it, and they blindfolded me, which is one of my favourite. Favorite. Yep. <laughs> oh, <it's awesome. laughs> <laughs> but he's launching his album in on vinyl on March sixteenth. On vinyl, That's wow, yeah. cool. it's going to be a cool event. He's dressing up in drag, love it, um, Great. to perform, and uh, does he need any help with his makeup? Because you know he's going to need a
0: lot of help with yes.
3: <laughs> have
0: you seen him I can help a brother out
2: <laughs> but I think if, if anyone wants to truck along and dress up it's all inclusive it's going to be a fun night it's at the Merry Creek Tavern in Northcote cute so right. super cute north side venue yes. get your vegan snacks ready
0: And <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get started I have to say I met so many wonderful lovely people at Mardi Gras yeah. who said really nice things about our podcast and unfortunately I was off my face for most of the week I can't remember <laughs> (laughs) a lot of their names but there was a really lovely guy called Lee who I met at the after party who was so nice and said so many lovely things so hi Lee and hi everyone else that said hi and sorry I can't remember your names so I want to do a little bit of a content warning for this first topic that we're talking about it does talk about sexual abuse of Mm -hmm. children um, within the church It's a bit of a bittersweet topic Talking about it now Obviously the stuff that happened is awful But for yeah. me I'm fucking thrilled Because we can finally talk about the fact That Cardinal George Powell Or hopefully soon to be no longer Cardinal yes. George Powell um, mm. Has been convicted of abusing two boys And had found guilty of uh, abusing two boys In the 90s In a nutshell, for anyone that's not aware or that would be hard to not be aware, Cardinal George Powell started out as a priest decades ago in rural Victoria, studied in Rome, all that sort Mm. of thing, came back, was quickly moved up through the ranks in the Catholic Church Mm -hmm. around Australia, and then was moved over to Rome and became the treasurer of the Vatican, which is considered to be the third most important role in the Vatican. So, Pope, oh, sorry, fourth. So, there's the Pope, two other people, then him. He is the highest person in the Catholic Church to ever be found guilty of sexual misconduct. And this comes after a string of things, a lot of which Mm. we didn't know until recently because he was so involved in covering up other people's misconduct within the church as well as his own. A lot of stuff's only coming out now that we're finding out that he was Mm. actually investigated for but was never made public or he was Mm. never found guilty of. The reason I want to talk about on this show is that he was one of the- Major voices in the marriage equality debate and has been on all topics relating to the LGBTI community for the many decades that he has been serving for the Catholic Church. And then to turn out that he has been doing this shit is pretty fucked. I think. Yeah. Yeah.
2: He's been against almost sex in general.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very vocal against. He's uh, very anti-abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. s- divorce, sex outside of marriage, yeah. all that sort of stuff. But he said he famously said at a talk for school kids that homosexuality was a greater health risk than smoking. Than smoking. Yeah. yeah which is pretty disgusting. A
2: homosexual that smokes. Me, I'm his worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a tricky topic to discuss Mm. because seeing it all pop up in your newsfeed and everyone chipping in their hot takes on Mm. the subject as well, and even trying to discuss it in an entertaining way, yeah, feels really gross. To me, in some aspects, yeah, because I think while this is a hot topic at the moment, it skims over the fact that a lot of these events date back to the 90s and you well, know, 70s, yeah. Well, yeah, earlier, yeah. And those I
0: ripples, I think it's just been revealed that he was being investigated in 1962 for an offense yeah. that happened at Far a school out. camp on Philip Island. So, this has been going for decades and decades yeah. and decades, yeah,
2: and those ripples still. Exist yeah. so I have mm-hmm. friends and acquaintances that I know that suffered abuse back in the seventies, yeah. yeah, and they now have their own families. They're mm-hmm. in their late fifties, but the damage done to them is affecting them on a daily basis. Yeah. Bittersweet, I think, is mm. is the right word. Where you can go great, we've finally done the unthinkable. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's entertaining, but I would say
0: for a lot of people in Australia, it is a huge relief and and a a celebration that he's finally been found guilty of all this sort of stuff. I personally have Mm. someone that is incredibly close to me who was a victim of abuse by someone in the Catholic Church, and Mm. Cardinal Powell was personally involved in the covering up and the shutting down of that being investigated. So for me and lots of people very close to me, it's Mm. entirely pure joy that he has now been found guilty Mm. for at least some of the stuff that he's been involved in. And I truly believe that as time goes by, more cases will be reopened or people will come well, forward yeah, and it. we'll be finding out that more things have happened.
2: Yeah, I really hope it's the start of some actual repercussions yeah. for the actions of people that are part of institutions mm-hmm. as opposed to a blip that we all kind of obsess yeah. about. Um, no, I
0: think this is the start of something very big. Yeah, I yeah. totally hope mm. so.
2: Some of the really gross things about this, I think, is... Come from the defence as well. Oh, it's you- just
3: been ridiculous. Mm. Two of the clerics at the church that he was practising at were blaming homosexuality for the reason why these things were happening, not... Mm actually blaming it on the individual individual themselves and also the abuse of power that these people are being given Mm. and saying that it was the homosexual agenda is why it's caused all of this and our push for equality for centuries this has been happening and it's been covered up and it's only now that we live in an age of social media that it's all coming out and that you can't hide these things anymore. Mm. Like,
0: there, there are documented cases of high-up members in the Catholic Church mm. abusing young boys and girls yeah. and women and, and nuns, nuns and yes. you know, all sorts That's of people it. dating back literally thousands of years. The LGBTI rights movement didn't really properly start until... I mean, you could sort of say the 50s, I guess, but really, you know, sort of the 60s, 70s. So, you know, there's hundreds of years between the start of the Catholic Church doing this fucked up stuff and the LGBTI rights movement. So it's a completely mute point, if you ask me.
2: Yeah. The thing that surprises me about this whole scenario is if I was ever to commit like some sort of major crime, the first thought in my head would be to become an influential member of the Catholic Church because the people that will support you and continue to support you even after conviction has been really shocking. We've seen
0: people mm. that- This is the uh, fucked thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
2: People still making statements saying, you know, it doesn't change yeah. their opinion of him. He's a good man. Like they're still denying- yeah. I, And, I, and, I, and yeah. when we
0: say people, we're talking two former prime ministers. Two former yes. prime ministers. We're not talking about prime ministers from the 60s. We're no, talking about recent. John Howard yeah. and Tony Abbott, two very recent prime ministers. Lyle Shelton as well, mm-hmm. of course, who's also a major opponent to the uh, marriage equality movement. Yeah. Miranda Devine and Andrew Bolt. The, yeah, Cory um, Bernardi as Corey well. Bernardi. As well, yeah. people that are still very, very active in journalism and politics that are still supporting him even after he's been found guilty. Yeah. Exciting seems like an awful word to say, but it is exciting that we are finally talking about these kinds of people. Yeah, because Western laws, Western government is based on Christian yeah. beliefs, yeah. and it's so entwined with the Vatican and with different Christian religions. So, for someone so high up in a, in the Catholic Church to be finally found guilty of something that they are they are guilty of is actually a really great thing. It means we are properly separating church and state and we're not letting people get away with it, which he has been. He is he, is, He's he was investigated and we did find time. out yeah. prior to this case mm, that he was covering things up. He was aware of all the abuse that was happening in Ballarat and he said he didn't feel like it was his place to say anything. He didn't know enough about it, even though he was in mm. charge of all these priests in Ballarat that were- Which is absolute crap. Like, no. how did you not know about I don't that care if you were a fucking like, hairdresser. Absolutely. As you <laughs> <laughs> if you, you know found out that, that shit's on. going on, you go to a police station yeah, and you say you something. If, if you don't know how to, yeah, you, like you're you- the
3: person that's been entrusted to look after yeah. everyone else below you, yeah. and you're the one allowing all of these things to happen. Like yeah. it's just so mind blowing. Absolutely, like, yeah.
2: There's a real hypocrisy when it comes to. I think a lot of these really ideological mm. arguments against LGBT people, and it frustrates me the most is you know, the shifting of goalposts when it comes to their ideals and Mm -hmm. and their arguments. And you see it all the time in politics, they will spout on and on about statistics or science until science or statistics prove them wrong. And then it switches to faith. This isn't a science issue. This is about faith. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think the unfortunate people still supporting George Pell at the moment are doing that same shifting of goalposts. Mm, you know, the yeah. things of saying, well, it's not about sexual abuse. It's about the homosexual agenda yeah. or even the his defence attorney using language
0: like, uh, it's a plain vanilla assault. Yeah, that that's a hard one because that's what a lawyer does. And I know that that's been picked out of this case as a separate thing, but it is still very alarming to see a lawyer mm. saying it was just a vanilla offence.
2: Yeah, and to see it, I think, posted about so... Openly, I I think a lot of the articles I've read about it is this is generally what it's like in court. It's just behind closed doors. Mm. I think it's also important to be mindful of the impact that news stories and coverage has on. Other survivors of abuse. Absolutely. Yeah. Are people listening to this show even.
0: Um, I, I do hope that for a lot of them it does, whether it may not, you know, give them the courage to want to mm. go and talk to people about it. They might still not have the confidence to talk about their own experience, but I hope that it gives them some satisfaction that something is now being done finally yeah. after decades and decades of investigations that were shut down by the church mm. and quite often by Pell himself, which is actually why he worked his way up in the Vatican is because he was so instrumental in shutting down all of these things that would have damaged the Catholic church otherwise.
2: It's crazy. I find it really interesting that Australia was not that big on George Pell, but the, the church was. The church oh, yeah. Was. yeah. The church was massive. I, you yeah. Know, <clears throat> you know, his views were so extreme mm. and so doggedly
0: outdated. Mm -hmm. A lot of Catholic Australians were not big fans of him. No, but the Vatican loved him. All of our loved him. Treasury
2: straight away. And for me, that's crazy too because. When you're in, like, a school club, treasury is, like, the fake job that you give to the yeah. kid, <laughs> other than, like, timekeeper or yeah. whatever. So, for that to be, like, the He was important- uh, good at his job, and his job yep. was to
0: cover this shit up, and and that's fucked. Mm, I, I wonder- I mean, look, to me, I, and I've said this before on the podcast, mm. I think that there is something unnatural about suppressing someone's sexuality. Absolutely. And I think that it often comes out in ways of abuse, Horrific whether ways. it is children yeah. or, you know, people of the parish, in their parish, or nuns or whatever- an irregularly high number or disproportionately high number of abuse by Catholic priests because oh, they are totally. suppressing their sexuality. And I think the reason for a lot of it being gay abuse is because a lot of them that grow up in very Christian households mm. are told they can't be gay. And they think, well, if I can't act out my sexuality, then I'll yeah. go into the church and be celibate. But I don't think that forced celibacy on any human being is, is healthy. So I wonder at what point does the government sort of step in and go, guys, you, you, we're, we're going to have to do this. something about this. Like, yeah. you can't do this anymore. Because
3: that's the thing. Like, does the government have a right to step into a church? Like, what is the boundaries there
0: I, with church? If you ask and me, government? if the children are being abused, yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely, yeah. Um, and I hope this starts a much bigger investigation into a lot yeah. of previous cases. And should the resolution be saying to them, like, you, mm. you can't have a rule that says that somebody can't have sex
2: if as many people were assaulted sexually assaulted by clowns? Yes. Circuses. They wouldn't be clowns, yeah. Circuses yeah. would be banned. Yeah, you, you exactly. Know, or we wouldn't send our kids there. Yeah. But there's historically just too many numbers stacked against this being a healthy mm-hmm. environment for children. And I, I, we've all had that thought cross our mind when we're in the closet about celibacy. You know, it flickers through and that- Makes sense to me thinking of going that route if mm. you're if you're a
0: Christian person if you're
2: a religious person and yeah. you want to stay true to your faith. But there's something about
0: the system itself. Yeah, they're just sort of looking out for each other, helping each other yeah. out in this basically paedophile ring. Yeah, did you see that in Sydney there is a nunnery that
3: have a plaque of George Pell up and yes,
0: they have decided to keep the plaque. Yes. Oh, really? Which is the Australian Catholic universities re- yeah. all have pictures of him as well. He was very instrumental like, in setting up a lot of the Australian Catholic unis.
3: I just don't understand why you would want to keep plaques and photos and stuff of him up, knowing that he has now been convicted. This blind
0: defense of of somebody that's been convicted is really insane. And I've never seen it for another high profile person before. Like I've never seen this. We've got former prime ministers, major journalists, major Mm. politicians, churches and universities and stuff. Why wouldn't you want to distance yourself from from him as much as possible? This has been fully investigated and there are so many people coming forward saying that shit has happened.
2: I think it's fear. It, it boggles my mind that we're sitting here in 2018 or 19, 19 <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever. You, you need to drink less. Time. Time. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. the idea that you could stand by a convicted pedophile, mm, yeah. openly, publicly, and rationally stand behind that state, any statements yeah. to that effect really blows my mind. Mm. But the church always reminds me of like the big bad from Buffy, you know how they always mm-hmm. had like these overwhelming odds against them. So, this to me feels really like season three where she kills the mayor. Mm-hmm. It does feel like the little guy's actually beating the big bad. Do you villains. think
0: that the Catholic Church as an institution is dying? I mean, I think religion's yeah. obviously going to be around forever. But do you think yeah. the church, do you think that it's coming to an end?
2: I think the power that they once had is dwindling. Yeah. And it's same of a lot of these ideas where we're kind of Growing with the times, Mm. but certain institutions are not. And the more power that people have... And the more choice that people have, I think it's the have. more education that people That's have. To it. be honest, education and information available to people, the less power mm. these yeah. organisations have. And if anything, we've seen the world is moving in the direction of free information.
0: I just can't see three generations from now having a church in every like no they're all going to be cafes and apartments. That's and, it. And, it's you know, super. The, the r- I have no problem with people believing in in religion and believing Not. in Jesus and believing in the Bible. That well. The Bible and questioned that because we know historically that that has been changed and updated a Most lot over time. Times, yeah. But I think anyone that is sticking by. An institution mm. that is defending someone like this mm. is has got to ask themselves some pretty serious questions. Gory. Have you ever been to the Vatican? I haven't been
2: to the Vatican. No, it's disgusting. Is it? But
0: it is disgusting. The
2: like filthy or like
3: just- no 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 no. no. The, oh, okay. like, I was like, you what? go
0: through hall after hall of Fabergé eggs and gold and chandeliers and multi-million-dollar paintings and statues that are worth entire countries' debts. Yeah, and yet this is the same church that is going out to third-world countries to preach the word of don't use condoms. You know and Creating all this poverty and disease and all this sort of stuff and yet they've got all this fucking wealth that's disgusting. disgusting. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
3: It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So we're going to go into something a little bit lighter. What do you guys think about threesomes? I do can make like this them? one as dark as the last. <laughs> time, <laughs> if
2: you want me too. Love them You love them Yeah, love
3: all about him. Yeah. I was thinking about it because, like, being with Josh, we've obviously had conversations about what we want to do in the future, and we generally check out a lot of people together as well. And I asked him, I was just like, "Oh, well, how do you feel about like a threesome? Like, not saying that I want to do one right now, mm-hmm. but would it be something that you would be open to in the future? Like, is it something that you've enjoyed in the past?" And he's just. Like, oh, I've been in plenty of reasons before, but now being in my first relationship, it's not something that I sort of see myself Mm. doing. And I was just like, oh, okay, cool. And he asked me, and I was just like, well, look. I generally never say never to a lot of things. I'm always up for trying stuff. So, who knows? Maybe in the future, we will. Well, then, uh, let me know and I'll we do We will be sure. taking <laughs> applications. No.
2: <laughs> I, I lack the hand-eye coordination required for... Oh, see, I thought you'd yeah, bang we, up for a threesome. Well, look, it hasn't it hasn't stopped me from trying. <laughs> but I always get so overwhelmed by the amount of work. I could never tap my head and rub my belly at oh, the yeah. same oh, time. Really? So, the idea of one over... Over here and one yeah. over there, just like just skiing away. Yeah, <laughs> I it, 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 like go into shutdown. And I think JB told at the live show, I fell asleep
0: in, in a, a threesome, threesome once. Yes. And- Nate Valvo does a great stand up bit where he says, It's like you know, you go to the circus and you see the guy spinning the plates, yeah, um, with you know, and you, you keep running back to that plate and back to that plate to keep everybody happy and entertained. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's what I'm no good at. It's not on my resume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: For me, like, the more dick, the better. Like, it's so much fun. But once you start talking about it in relationship context, that's Mm. sort of different. My first threesome in a relationship was a few relationships ago. And we'd been going out for a while. My boyfriend at the time was very keen to have one. Okay. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll give it a shot. And we did it. And it was really, really fun. Then we didn't do it for a while. And then we did it again. And then I was sort of like, oh let's have a break from the threesomes, but yeah. he was very keen to keep doing them. So it okay. became more and more regular. And in my opinion, was the cause of the end okay, of yeah. our, like it just became Ooh. the normal. Like it was like yeah. every weekend, it was like, let's find someone to take home. And yeah. it was like, okay, we've sort of somewhat lost our intimacy. Mm. Skip to my last relationship. We only had a few threesomes, but they were really, really fun. And it never became sort of the normal. And we still yeah. had amazing sex when it was just the two of us as well. Nice. Yeah. I think definitely in relationships, if you're keen for it, give mm. it a shot, yeah. but lay down some rules I should have been more open in how I was feeling about mm. it in that one that didn't mm. work out. And I should have said, if you want to stay, we need to stop doing yeah, this. Yeah. You know, I've watched it destroy. I'm currently watching it destroy friends' relationships as well. You've just got to be very open about it. Mm. F- and that communication has to be ongoing. Like, yeah, cool. It might seem like a good idea at the start. If one of you decides it's not feeling that good anymore, just say you, you, you're not feeling that yeah, good before like, you withdraw from the relationship, yeah, I think. totally. So threesomes were like faith in... Buffy season
2: three. You, we're really on, a, <laughs> we're yeah, on a Buffy yeah. thing, aren't we? Have you have you ever responded to those grinder profiles where they've gone just, and had like, them with um, a couple, where they're just shopping for a third? Yeah, love it. Yeah. That no, that, that to me, I could probably indulge in because yeah. you're you're just like a guest star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, like Seth Green. Yeah, <laughs> was and they're probably thrilled. Like Buffy. you know, you could do really shit, yeah. and they're
0: still thrilled to have you there. Yeah, yeah totally.
2: I remember once having a grinder hookup, and it was like pretty good, mm-hmm. and then having another grinder hookup Hook up maybe a week later or whatever it was also all right and then i was actually with jb's parents for some reason also a grinder hookup <laughs> <Well>, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're very active on there and i got a text from the second guy mm-hmm. and it basically said if you ever want to fuck my boyfriend again you're going to have to fuck me too oh my god oh. i hadn't realized because i'm not that bright that I'd gone to the same house oh. twice <laughs> in one week, but slept with both parts of like an open relationship. Amazing. And so I do explain it to JP's parents. And explain their culture
0: yeah. to them as well. That mm. this was a normal thing that <laughs> could <laughs> happen this to anybody. <laughs> yeah, there oh, is yeah. something kind of hot. I think about watching the person that you're, if you're, you're, you're in the right yeah. frame of mind and the relationships in the right place. There yeah. is something kind of hot about watching your boyfriend get fucked or your boyfriend fucking someone. Like, yeah, I think it would yeah. be really hot to watch Josh get fucked by someone. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, oh, I'd be down
3: for it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just well, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've only ever had one threesome in my whole life. Right. It was with one of my very first boyfriends in high school. We got together and he was sort of keen on one of our other friends before we had got together and I was sort of keen on this other friend as well. Mm. And one night we're all just hanging out, like, drinking and we were just, like, joking around like, oh, wouldn't it be, like, so funny if we had a threesome? just like, yeah, it'd be so funny. That's and- the oldest line Yeah. In the yeah. <laughs> and at that point we had an older friend. It wasn't much older but like we were 17 and he was like five years older than us and he had explicitly said that he wanted to sleep with all of us and right. we were just like oh my god how funny would it be if we took oh photos having god. a threesome and send it to him and made him jealous oh. and so we did that and i would like think back to that and be like i was such a shit person
2: <laughs> like, yeah. but
3: that's my only like threesome ever it was actually wow, okay super awkward the whole time because they were just Doing each other, and I was just like, Oh, where do I I'm get in i the photos. You're third Yeah. I was just like, This is my boyfriend. What the hell? Gay <laughs> threesomes
2: in high school. This is why the yeah. Christian church is so scared. <laughs> <laughs> like, that shit just blows yeah. my mind. In high school, yeah. I was still picking my nose and reading Goosebumps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my best friend oh, and I were going were like, out at Hammer and Tongue. Oh, my Yeah, gosh, yeah like free periods in like the yeah. non fiction yeah. section in the library. I was just just anywhere trying to convince someone to
2: trade Pokemon with me. Yeah, we were sort of doing that. Three I, had a look at <laughs> <laughs> I um looked at his Pikachu.
0: I am gay. I yeah, I'm gay. <laughs> but I've lately been watching a lot of MMF porn. Oh, you- oh yeah, male okay. male female. So three scenes yeah. two guys and a girl, where the guys are by and the girl's yeah. also into it and that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, And it's something I'd really like to try, but mm, I'm really? too nervous because I'm you know it's been. F- 15 years since I okay. had sex with a woman <laughs> but I don't really know how you go about meeting a couple that yeah. want to have I've always thought if bi- I was to ever have sex female. with a woman it would have to be that yeah. situation like yeah. I'd have to have another guy there it's Just really to be like, the- I'll send yeah. you some links later I've got them <laughs> okay. tagged right. yeah.
2: some girls are really into gay porn oh yeah yeah, yeah I've yeah. got some girlfriends yeah. are into porn. Yeah. really into it mm. I guess there's probably apps aren't there like apps for throuples like three couples oh, Like Tinder or whatever. I still can't work out
0: Tumblr. I don't know how. I'm not going to work out a new fucking dating
3: app. How do we feel about throuples? Have you ever thought about, like, would you ever be in a throuple?
2: I've never seen one that didn't seem utterly insufferable. Yeah. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely- Frankie Grande was in a throuple. Oh, yeah.
0: That's, he's just annoying anyway.
2: Derek yeah. Barry is Oh, in yeah. Yeah, you're speaking annoying people, though. That's not <laughs> fair. <laughs> well, it, it's just like confirmation bias or I, whatever. You yeah. Know, you find someone annoying and you Google them and it turns out they're in a throuple. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to any listeners that are in a throuple.
0: I um, definitely couldn't do it. I've met people no. where it, it has worked. I've met people that have been in throuple relationships for really long periods of time and it's mm. fine. Mm-hmm. I just definitely couldn't do it myself. I'm fine with my partner f- fucking someone else for yeah. like a short period of time. Time, but if, like, my partners were going out to the movies yeah. and I wasn't there, I would be upset. It's <laughs> <laughs> just,
3: like, one too many people for yeah. me.
0: Like, I can hardly deal with my own thoughts, let alone two other people. Yeah. No. And who sleeps in the middle of the bed? Like, that's a shit Not spot me. to be in. Not me. Nah. Yeah.
2: Polyamory. Yeah, yeah, see, polyamory
0: is a different thing, which is... I could see myself maybe considering that. Is that where mm, you have separate relationships? You've got separate partners. Well, you could have a throuple and a separate relationship or you could just have separate relationships but it's where you're not cheating on the other person. You have, you're open about the fact that you're seeing other people at the same time.
2: Yeah, the emotional responsibility (laughs) to throuples and polyamory is way too much. I barely have enough feelings to record this show. Yeah. Let alone to share them with more than one person. But I have,
0: I've got a lot of admiration for polyamorous people because mm. they've identified that they are not the kind of person that is satisfied by a conventional relationship. Yeah. That's probably not an easy thing with the social constraints that we have around what a relationship mm. should be to, to sort of talk about publicly. And then they've gone and, and found other people and they have these open discussions with people about it. So, I mean, I have a lot more admiration for someone that's polyamorous than someone that's cheating on their partner. Yeah.
2: yeah. I th- I think I'm just too selfish Mm. for oh yeah you definitely are yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, I do respect it there was a polyamorous relationship yeah I think there were three or four people involved who used to come to the cafe I worked in in Thornbury and they were so chill they brunched together they hung out you'd see them separately and sometimes together as a group or whatever
0: oh so that sounds more like a quad relationship than a polyamorous relationship
2: well they said they were poly right so I'm just gonna go by what they said but I had a lot of respect for that, because that whole concept... I freaked out third mm. party for them. Yeah. Sixth like a, party, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I went home and had, like, a stress and picked a fight with myself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just based off the imagination of being yeah. a part of that. So, if you are interested in a polyamorous relationship, don't put me out.
0: I would say if you're interested in any kind of relationship, don't go anywhere near Luke. Yeah, no, not <laughs> the right person.
2: Lesson <laughs> of the week. <laughs>
0: Let's talk about sugar daddies and sugar babies, as they are termed. I I definitely signed up to a sugar daddy
3: website. Website? Really? Yeah. This was probably like two years ago. I did. I was struggling financially Yeah, because I had a friend sign up. And they were just like, oh, my God, I actually found one. And I was just like, no, you did not. And he's like, yes, I did. And so, like, he would take him on shopping trips and stuff and, like, just help him, like, with his bills and his rent. But they didn't have any sexual relations whatsoever. whatsoever, whatsoever. It was more like a platonic, it's nice to just have someone there. And I was just like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll sign up. Literally, we'll sign up for, like, two months. I was like, okay, I'm not getting any grabs here. This is not happening. I paid
0: for coffee with (laughs) me. So, for the context of this conversation, I mean, a lot of different people have different ideas of what a sugar daddy Mm. is. For the context of this, it's not necessarily just a relationship where one person is more financially better off than the other person. It's more where there is an arrangement for meeting up and receiving either gifts or Mm. money for hanging out, sometimes with sexual bonuses, but also sometimes, like you said, is uh, just purely hanging out, going to the movies, going out for dinner.
2: Well, I think the idea of the gay sugar daddy that wants to like shower you in gifts but not
0: the pretty woman
2: <laughs> choke you in the woods. <laughs> it's like the Moby Dick of the gay community. Yeah. We all start off pretty poor and out of the closet thinking, oh yeah, I'll just get a sugar daddy. I never have. I think I'm too transparent in my wants Mm. and needs Mm. that it never quite worked out for me. But I do remember when I first moved to Melbourne and got a group of gay male friends who were living quite fabulously and I was shit poor and eating me noodles. And a few of them actually would talk about their boyfriend's who lived interstate and were in their 60s. It was a very mm. unspoken mm. sugar daddy baby relationship. They were living. They were like, yeah, we have sex maybe once a month. Mm. They visit from Darwin or whatever, and they send me like part of their paycheck every yeah, fortnight. Right. Amazing. Wow. And these people had like bought properties and stuff. I was at like, 18. Yeah. I was like, mm. holy shit, this is why gay people have so much nice stuff. Yeah, mm. yeah. They do it this way. But then I realized that's not the case. No. And it's <laughs> no, it pisses me off you know when people say oh, I'm so broke maybe I'll just like sell my body for a bit like they make light of it or be like oh I'll just get a sugar daddy and they'll pay for everything but it's actually quite tough I think to find someone and make it work and yeah. also on a side note sex work is not that easy option no to take it it's, it's not for everybody no
0: there, I think there is a difference between a sex worker and yeah. a sugar daddy relationship yeah
2: yeah totally I just hate that both are fine it's
0: just yeah yeah you're right it's not just a I might as well just do this kind no. of a decision yeah I've definitely been in, in relationships where there has been a large gap and both ways as well where mm. I, you know when I was younger I was in a relationship with somebody who was earning substantially more than me and I have since been in relationships where I was earning substantially more than the other person yeah. but but uh, that was never the basis of the relationship. It was just yeah. that we happened to be in a relationship and that was the situation. And so, naturally, the person earning more was paying for stuff, but it was never mm. that's why it's happening, which I think is sort of the crux of a sugar sex relationship yep. yeah. I've discovered. <laughs> I'm, su- I'm such an expert on this now. <laughs> I was in a relationship
2: once where I was unemployed for an amount of time due to an unfortunate fire incident mm-hmm. yeah. where I did become dependent on... On my partner. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was totally unspoken. And that was one of the most uncomfortable relationships Did I've it, ever Was been. there a
0: power sort of struggle? After a while, yeah. yeah. It,
2: it really demoralized me and yeah. took away a lot of my power or my yeah. sense of self-worth, which is not very high to begin with. Yeah, I think being really open about it mm-hmm. and having that kind of agreement in place, I think that's great. If you can find that and that works for you, amazing. The idea of getting back into that scenario where it's unspoken and it's more this kind of dynamic Mm. that you have in a power play between two people makes me really... Spooked out, yeah. It was
0: when I was reading about it, it was interesting all the interviews with sugar babies, both in gay relationships and also in heterosexual relationships. And there is also when it's an older woman and a younger man, because we don't call it a sugar mum and we call it a cougar, yeah. Which is sort of there's some very sexist terms when you look at it that way. Like if it's a man doing it, then he's powerful and stuff, yeah. But when it's a woman doing it, she's a predator, it's a, it's a weird, yeah. Anyway. But um, it was interesting reading all these interviews with the Sugar Babies. They said often that the reason that it will end is because the person with the money is becoming too controlling and too manipulative and that sort of thing. And it's because they feel like they've gotten to a point where they've invested so much money they should have more and more control over the person that they're investing money into. Sort of like the person is their property, in a sense.
2: And you see it happen. I remember when I started working again in that relationship and started getting some of my own money it became immediately clear that that was not my money to spend yeah. still. You you know, uh, where was I spending it? What yeah. was I spending it yeah, on? Yeah, right.
0: I mean, fucking good on people that want to do it. It's oh, just never yeah. been something that I'll, I've been comfortable to give a shot. Mm. I have had some friends that have done it. Well, not, I mean, I'm 32 now and most of my friends are around about my age, so yeah. <laughs> no one's probably young enough to do it now. But when I was younger, I definitely had friends that were sugar babies and, yeah. and were loving it. Regular yeah. daddies, I'm all for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daddy, yeah, yeah. daddy. daddy in general. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, but the sugar element.
0: Yeah, when you're going out for the specific mm. arrangement of of a transactional sort of agreement. I
3: find it really interesting like why sugar daddies want to go into that sort of relationship. They've had a lot of relationship breakdowns in the past. Yeah, right. And they still want that companionship, but without mm. the whole complexity of an actual relationship mm. where they can just be like, hey, I'm in town, come and spend time with me. And then when they're done with the person, they're just like, okay, you can go
0: away now. And like, do you think I it's because they've to- got like very busy lives and stuff that yeah. don't have the time to invest yeah, emotionally absolutely.
2: In. I always used to get sad when you genuinely talk to, say, an older mm man on an app, say like Grindr or whatever, and they obviously had been contacted so many times, they'd send a disclaimer at the beginning of the conversation. Or even have it in the profile, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that they're not going to pay you to spend time with them, and having to talk to those people, But like, no, I just want to talk to you and get to know you.
0: Yeah, I, um, I noticed when I was in Bali last time, the amount of both local people- who had had on their profile not money boy or not looking for sugar daddy or anything like that? Oh, um crazy! The amount, of, really? but also the amount of like white expats there that yeah. had not a sugar daddy, not looking to pay or anything like oh, that it was wow. really interesting as yeah. well. It's obviously a far more regular thing in that yeah. culture. It's a cultural thing. Mm. Even
2: my family in the Philippines are like, you could just do that, you know. Like if I talk what? to the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the time, I'd talk to them about what I was doing and yeah. be like, oh, work's pretty shit. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm doing accounting work. And they'd be like, you could just become a ladyboy. Mm. They'd say a lot. Just, right. yeah, just yeah. a ladyboy, you'd better money less work it's like, the same thing in their mind yeah. and it was interesting for them yeah. they would be proud if I went down that pathway wow. as well they were just like you can do that that's what your cousins have done you know you can support the family that way yeah I think it's the idea that I'm a useless gay and I'm not putting my talent my you're body managing
0: a mental health practice mm. <laughs> 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 yeah I mean you're not doing nothing
2: I, I think it's just a cultural thing it, it is much bigger I think mm. in places like the Philippines and yeah. Bali um, but not to say that it's not Socially ingrained in our minds mm. here too. When and we I see- think it's probably
0: yeah, socially more so in the gay male community yeah, than yeah. it is in the heterosexual community as well. Gold diggers, eh? Mm. Oh is, that gold what, diggers. is that what? Is that?
3: still? <laughs> I don't know. Is, is, is that, that a term that you outdated? still use? Term? I don't know. I'm not cool. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> because you're nearly
2: at the sugar daddy stage. Oh, and like, oh, yeah, oh. but not the sugar daddy bank
3: account. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always love seeing couples out in public that are very clearly a huge age oh, gap. Oh, are they dating or is it like, his dad- Are you actually dating? Is that your parent or is that your sugar daddy? Yeah. It always oh. runs through my head. and I'm just like, I need to stop thinking these things. They could just be in a really lovely I relationship. I think sometimes there is really,
0: like, yeah, there's definitely cute couples. Yeah. Like at my trivia night, there's a couple of really cute couples where there is a large age mm. gap, but it's definitely not like a financial thing or anything like that. It's just that they yeah. are, you know, a guy that's into older guys and an older guy that's into younger guys has met and they've Fell in yeah. love, and the, some of them have much healthier and longer relationships oh, oh, yeah, than totally. a lot of the other gay couples that yeah. I know.
2: When I was first exploring my sexuality yes. online, I frequented a lot of video game forums <laughs> and message boards just to like talk to people and find out where I fit in the community. Mm. But I remember one of the first things that opened my eyes being still in the closet and like Mm. 16 or whatever, or 15 in Adelaide was a thread on this internet message board where people posted their partners. And there was one guy that I used to chat to a bit on there and he posted his partner and it was a daddy. It was like a 70 year old man and he was in his twenties. I remember talking to him and being like, Oh, is this a sugar daddy relationship or arrangement? He was like, no, that's just what I'm into. All of my partners have been like 60 plus. There's no financial transactions going on here. And I realized being queer and in the LGBT community, your relationships are less informed by heteronormative standards. True. That's a really good point, Um, point, actually. yeah. That I was like, oh, cool. This is totally fine. And this guy likes that. And that's what he's done. And he's Mm -hmm. so open about it and it's like right. water off a duck's back i can find what i'm into have you guys ever been with someone who is 60 plus not on purpose <laughs> <laughs> how Did not on purpose <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know the old no lights no oh, picks okay yeah, yeah. thing
3: you no. know but Phys- you do you mean do. physically or dating like, like for sex yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah I think some of the best sex I've ever had is with men who were sixty plus. Oh really? Without a doubt. Because like practice makes perfect. Well that's it. They've had a lot of practice and also like they're not anxious about having sex with someone and they're like so comfortable and just like relaxed most of the time that I've been with them and I'm just like, this is nice.
2: One time I had to help my dad order. (laughs) I had to help my dad order Viagra online. Oh, God. Because he couldn't... He's 77. Okay. He couldn't complete the online checkout. Yeah, yeah. He was buying it online. He has like a... Oh, he's going to kill me. He invited me to his little den because oh. he said his computer, <laughs> his computer was playing up and he'd reshaped the window so it was just like the entry fields of the order form yeah, right. and I couldn't see. And I was like, well, first thing is you fucked up this window. you got to maximize it. And he was, yeah, buying Viagra oh. online. So to do my usual... Important topic of the episode, Mm -hmm. high horse segment. I did want to talk about something else that probably does also require a content warning because I work in mental health. I do a lot of reading about mental health as well. And I'm really interested in the visibility of issues that are predominantly seen as heteronormative Mm -hmm. but exist within our community and one that doesn't get talked about very often or doesn't have a huge amount of support is DV or domestic violence and abuse, Mm. especially within male-to-male relationships or really LGBT relationships in general. 44% of lesbians and 61% of bisexual women have experienced rape, physical violence, or stalking by an intimate partner. 26% of gay men and 37% of bisexual men have experienced rape, physical violence, or stalking. The rates for... Trans individuals is even higher than that. So it's definitely something that exists Mm. in our community. Yeah. We provide support at my work. And we have resources and links that we send to people. But something I notice about them—they're all extremely heterosexual. Yeah. The information out there are always framed in a heteronormative yeah. structure. It's a man and a woman. Mm. Like and- all the ads that you see on TV, it's like a, directed yeah, towards married Kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's,
3: you never see anyone who's LGBT in the yeah. ads
2: whatsoever. It's even a touchy topic for heterosexual men who are victims mm. of domestic abuse and what little there is out there for them that it really poses the question, what do we have or where do we go and what support can we get? It's happening. It's happening a lot in yeah. our mm. community. I've been a part of a number of abusive relationships, emotionally, physical, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's common in our community because I've always felt there's a bit of an emotional stunting that happens with LGBT people. We can often find that we've sectioned off parts of ourselves emotionally to survive the hell of being in the closet during our childhood and and definitely our adolescence. Mm. And we end up going through those developmental phases in our 20s and our 30s, or when we do come out. And then we're not reinforced with positive relationship standards through the media, through the stories that we see. We have so many negative portrayals of LGBT relationships that are fraught with drama and heartbreak Mm -hmm. and intensity, Mm. but our school and to an extent our families aren't providing us with those counterpoints of really healthy, loving relationships between two men or two women or uh, a trans person that it can lead to some aggression. It can mm. lead to some unhealthy emotional bullying.
0: My understanding is that a lot of domestic violence comes from self-loathing yeah. in the first place, regardless of, of who the attacker is. And so it makes sense that yeah. people that have gone through these traumatic coming out, or, you know, being stuck in the closet Mm -hmm. for long periods of time and can harbour these sorts of feelings that do result in abusing the people that they, at least they think they love um, or the people closest to them. Is that-
2: Absolutely. I think that plays into part of it. For me, my Mm self-worth was so low and I had no hope in happy, long-lasting future for myself. So, whenever I found myself through some happenstance in a relationship, that was the one. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's my relationship. That I'd have multiple friends say, this person is... They're not good for you. They're taking your money or they're being abusive to you in public, you know, verbally abusive in front of family and friends, etc. And I'd stay. Mm. I'd stay. Because it wasn't enforced to me that I had options Mm. or that that was an unhealthy relationship to be in and that I could just leave. Yeah. Or that I could report that yeah. even. The really scary thing in these reports is how hesitant people in the LGBT community are to even report cases of domestic violence yeah. due to fear of repercussions from first call responders yeah. and, and that homophobia that they may or may not experience or the lack of understanding that a health professional may have of the intricacies of being an LGBT person. One good thing is reading about what's called the Rainbow Tick Initiative for law enforcement, and I think it can apply to health services and allied health Mm. professionals as well, which is having a knowledge of what, say, domestic abuse is or in a mental health capacity what depression is or bipolar, but then also having a... Innate knowledge of what it is to be an LGBT individual, yeah mm. and how those two things can create something unique that you can't just go off a textbook. it doesn't take into account the intricacies of being in the closet for let's say ten years, or the yeah. amount of self-loathing that you might have or the sense of persecution that you may feel on a daily basis by society. Yes, that is a textbook case of domestic abuse. But we also have a history that is unique to every LGBT individual of how they've been persecuted or what emotional baggage that they may have. Because it hasn't been an easy ride for a lot of us. The playground for that is often our relationships. That's Mm. where all the, the nasty stuff
0: can start to growing faster and I mean I guess I hope going forward you know as the society is becoming more accepting and stuff people's coming out stories and people's childhoods aren't going to be as traumatic and we are going to find lower rates of this going forward in the future but unfortunately for all the people that have already gone through that you know we need to do something for those people I'm very excited about the Daniel Andrews government investing a lot of money into domestic violence support services I mean I I don't know what the split of that is between heterosexual and LGBTI people but Mm. I know that they are very progressive on LGBTI issues Also, the new Pride Centre in St Kilda will have services for people in the community that will address domestic violence issues and that sort of thing, which is, you know, some great steps, but I think this is a much bigger issue that. I haven't really heard a lot of people talking about but hearing those statistics obviously we do need to be having a much bigger conversation about it.
3: For me personally like I've not had any physical abusive relationships but a lot more mental mm. sort of abusive relationships where before Josh this particular person wasn't very mentally healthy grew up in a household where domestic abuse was a common thing and alcohol abuse was a very common thing as well and being a young 20 year old not really knowing how to support that person was really hard Yeah, right. unfortunately they sort of unleashed that onto me and I didn't really know how to deal with it or understood the fact that that wasn't an okay thing for that person to do and yeah. it was a lot of picking on me for the way that I act and the way that I dressed and my body shape and putting mm. on weight and it was mentally draining and it took me a very long time to sort of trust another person intimately again. And I think it wasn't until I had a friend pull me up one day and They were just like, why haven't you come to see any of us? I'm just like, oh, well, this person doesn't really like hanging out with people. They're uncomfortable. And every time I bring them around... Yeah, yeah, it ended up being a very controlling relationship where it was like, you can only see these people and you can only do these certain things. And we will have sex when I say we have sex. And it was our money is my money and like I will control where we spend things. And I was happy that those friends stepped forward and just like, even the way he treats you in front of us, like we can tell that this isn't right. The way he speaks to you is very demeaning and he puts you down in front of all of us. And it's, we don't understand why you put up with it. And it wasn't until that moment that I realized I was like, shit, I'm in an abusive relationship and I, didn't realize it at all. Mm. And so going forward after that relationship ended, I was just like, I'm good. I will be by myself. I'm not happy to share myself
0: with anyone else for a very long time. Thank you for sharing that. It's very... You also raise a really good point where it also can be a hereditary thing as well. well yeah. Domestic violence, if you know someone has grown up in an environment where they've seen that, it's almost contagious, you know, you can catch it and stuff.
2: Yeah, it also perpetuates itself. Mm. If you see services not responding or like yeah. not yeah. being effective in terms of helping your parents get out of an abusive relationship, mm. you're less likely to engage to In seeking services when you were in a
0: abusive relationship, or even to spot the signs, Mm. you may think that you can get. If you become somebody that is actively abusive, you might think I can get away with it because my dad did or my uncle did or whatever. You know.
2: I think it's important to remember that there are different types of abusive relationships too. Mm. There's a wheel. You can Google it as well which breaks down that there's verbal abuse and Mm -hmm. and then there is a financial abuse. Which is a big one. And then there's physical abuse. And I think something that can also be more prevalent in the gay male community is a Mm -hmm. hypersexualization in our relationships, which can lead to blurred lines. I've been in, you know, I think anyone listening to the show knows I like a bit of rough and tumble, but I have found myself in situations where the lines there have become really blurred which doubles back into consent and then it doubles back into mental health as well where there are a lot of different types of abuse and there needs to be conversations had about the effects of it, what we can do. And what being able can... to identify
0: it when you're in it.
2: Yeah, and it helps people identify it. I've been, uh, like hearing you tell that yeah. story, I've been on the other side of that relationship where yeah. I had a long period where I hadn't sought mental health assistance because I didn't know those services Mm. existed at the time and I didn't know that was a thing. So, I had a lot of social anxiety. I had really low self-esteem. I took that all out on my partner because I didn't have the support and that person Mm -hmm. became my mental health support. They just were my caretaker. I had another relationship where Mm. the guy would swap my drinks while I was out with friends because he didn't like the person that I was when I drank. So I'd be talking and I'd turn around and suddenly my wine was gone. And there was a lemonade or something. A lemonade there instead. And my friends would watch it. What? And they would come to me afterwards and be like, You know, this guy's like called you a piece of shit four or five times and you've just laughed at it. That they were really the frontline response Mm. team. They tell you the signs. Even working in mental health we always say a lot of the times your personal relationships your friends will be the strongest and most Mm. important lifeline that you have out of these sort of tricky situations but the professional support is definitely available and there is a lot of growth in specialized help for lgbt individuals the more that we share these experiences the more data we have to help further generations not get into these sort of scenarios in the first place
0: What a barrel of laughs that was! It's yeah, been an intense episode, but we got through a lot of stuff, so thanks for sticking with us. The light and the dark. We are, yes. The yes. Yes. yes, and the lows. We're, We're definitely going it. for a wine after this
2: recording. <laughs> that is the gaze <laughs> oh, of revolt, exactly.
0: And don't forget
3: to send in your questions, either mental or physical, to us via DMs for Dr. George, who will be joining us in a, a few, few episodes. Yeah, 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 very exciting.
2: And if you've got a review, give it to us. Yes. <laughs> We love reviews. <laughs> um, rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, but five yeah. stars on the old Apple Podcasts yes, goes. A long, yes. goes a long way.
0: We got featured for Mardi Gras on Apple Podcasts. That's very great. exciting. Yeah, we did. That yeah. was great. So we were up there
2: with What's the Tea?
0: Yeah. yeah, and a whole bunch of other wonderful podcasts. podcasts. So That's thanks for everyone for helping out with that. We love you all, and yes. we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>